Jerome Clark on the mic. Yes, I'm doing what I do, representing for the ladies. But he's speaking for the goons. Back and forth with the banter, banter, banter. You got questions, we got answers, answers, answers. Every week we bringing you the entertainment and the news. Welcome to our podcast for the ladies and the goons. Ladies, goons, ladies, goons, ladies, goons, ladies, goons. Hello, hello, hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Ladies and Goons podcast. I cannot believe it is December already and the year is almost over. Um, Episode 15, yay, exciting. Um, I'm very tired. I just got back from a trip to, to San Antonio for... People of Color Conference, which is a conference for independent schools in the United States, uh, where we talk about all of the issues going on with people of color within the education system. And uh, it was very enlightening and um, it was fun. And it's always great to be around other people of color, especially in an environment where if you work in independent schools, as I do, you're not around as many um, people of color on the daily basis. So that and defini- definition of people of color just means anyone who is not white. But um, so it was fun. It was a few days. I missed my other half, so I was a little sad. But other than that, it was a great time. Um, learned a lot of stuff. Um, how are you doing, Buck? I'm doing well. Good, good, good. <clears throat> All right, so. Episode 15, we're going to talk about a few topics, somewhat random. Um, I did mention that I went to POCC in San Antonio, Texas, and one of the presenters at the conference um, was a person named Michael Tennant, who is the founder of Actually Curious, which is a game that, um, or a series of games that helps to build empathy within people and and also help people get to know themselves a little bit better and be able to uh, kind of feel, understand their feelings and control them a little bit better. Um, So there are a number of different cards. The reason I'm bringing that up, there's there's five different um, cards that go along, like decks of cards that go along with that. And one of them is a culture edition. And I figured we would try out the culture edition just to see kind of the questions that are here on these cards and like, see my reaction or my response as well as Buck's response and kind of just take it from there and see how it goes. Yeah, we're going to do that because I like to talk about stuff that might get his castle ready. Good conversation is always good conversation. Um, But yeah, let's start. Let's have you start it off. You have a question over there. Uh, what we'll do is you'll ask the question, I'll answer, and then I'll turn it on you and see if you can give an answer as well. Um, you can decide to not answer it, and I can go to another card. So if you ask, I have to answer, and I can turn it on you, and you have the choice of whether or not. And if I ask, same thing. You have to answer, and then if you turn it on me, I could say yes or no. I don't want to want to answer that. All right, so I, you you ask a question, I have to answer the question, and then I can turn it around on you and say, you know, ask you the same thing, you have a choice whether or not you want to answer it because it wasn't something that was the question you posed to me. 
and vice versa. If I ask you whatever question I have, you have to answer it, but you can turn it around on me and I can decide whether or not I want to answer. Okay. All right. Some type of agency in there. All right. We're going to start with you. Judaism is determined by birthright and the lineage of a female, and your grandmother is Jewish. Why aren't you considered Jewish? So Buck is asking questions that are not on the card at all. Um, so let's not do that. I actually am considered Jewish. I'm not a practicing Jew since you wanted to bring that up. My grandmother I mean, is Jewish and from Israel, but we'll move on to the real question. Let's go. Holidays are all about the food. What's your favorite holiday recipe and where did it come from? <laughs> is that really what it says? Yeah. That's weird. Okay. I love holidays or I, I, I did, so... I, I don't know that I do as much anymore, but I love holidays and mainly because of the food. So, yes, it's about the food. Um, my favorite holiday recipe is, um, hmm. um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with. Oxtails. <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to go with oxtails because that's one of the things that, um, I mean, we have, we have that when it's not a holiday as well. But a lot of the holidays that, we, that I've celebrated in the United States have been U.S. holidays that we don't necessarily celebrate in Jamaica. But um, I notice going to other people's homes during those times when I've gone, wherever I've gone somewhere else, to celebrate, that's one of the dishes that's not there, um, typically. And so that's why I've decided to choose that one. Mainly my mom's recipe. Um, and that definitely comes from my, my mother, my father, my, um, my Jamaican culture. I'm going to turn that around on you, Buck. You can choose to answer or not. Okay, <laughs> why? why are you looking like that? Okay, go ahead. My answer is holidays are about rituals. Mm -hmm. As I come to accept as my opinion. Yes. And these rituals are also always tied into things. Food is one of them. Mm -hmm. And the foods that I've become accustomed to eating in my upbringing, which was the traditional following of these rituals mm -hmm. I believe aren't healthy mm -hmm. so there is no real food that I can really say is my favorite to pick out of that group of foods that I grew up eating mm -hmm. okay that's an answer I could have just said you weren't going to answer as well but you know that's an answer okay it's my I turn get points with like, it's like a test like you get points for answering the question as opposed to just leaving it you will always have points with me. So, let's move on to the next question. <laughs> um, let's move on to the next question. Um, all right. So, this one is for you, sir. Um, what hobbies or activities kept you busy during quarantine? During quarantine. 
making music, I decided to get serious, like totally devoted to making music. Okay. Making and releasing, because I've been making music for a while and just holding it on, putting it on SoundCloud for free. Now I decided I'm gonna switch it up and, and put it on real streaming platforms. Okay. That sounds good. You're just staring at me. Are you going to either ask me to answer, ask me to answer that, or you just go to your next question? Yes, you could have reversed. We're playing Uno. Um, all right, so we're going to reverse it. Uh, what kept me busy during quarantine was uh, binge watching shows um, and finding new TV shows to watch. I think that's what I did the most of during quarantine. If I could think back, it feels like a lifetime ago, but I believe that's what I did the most. Yeah, I mean, it's a boarding school, but the kids weren't here, so I really don't feel. And and I live I live on campus, so quarantine felt like just being on campus. Like I, not when at first we we moved during quarantine, like it started, and then that August it started in for us when spring break happened, so in March, and then we moved here in August. So, so yeah, we were in, and then it was still quarantined for a little bit, beginning of the school year. And then, um, but yeah, still anyway, when everything was shut down, I just think of it when, when everything was shut down, when everything was shut down, it was about, um, watching, binge watching TV shows and waiting for the next verses to come out and kind of just sitting and being. I didn't really notice because I was still working. <laughs> I know you were, because <laughs> you were essential. I was working too, but. When I'm a bit the the quarantine for me quarantine was like nobody was outside and yeah, stuff was close like the roads were great you could drive anywhere and then like you couldn't really get stuff like things were closed a lot of things were closed so that was the only difference and then it was like all right just kind of sit. It was closed. You were going to Walmart. Yeah, some essential some essential places were still open, but like regular like a lot some of the regular restaurants were closed. <laughs> <laughs> some places didn't close, but like some places did. I don't know. Honestly, it wasn't that much of a difference for me because I live on campus and I'm here anyway. And so it just, I just noticed the lack of people. So, but either way, that's what I, all right. What's your zodiac sign? Do you feel like it resonates with I don't know much about Zodiacs. Um, I know my sign is a Capricorn, but I don't really know what that means. I hear more more other people. Other people will be like, "Oh, you're a Capricorn," and start spewing things, and I don't. I don't really know. I don't follow Zodiacs that much. How about you? My Zodiac sign is Leo. Zodiac signs are funny because the more I listen to them, the more I think they're fake. Mm-hmm. Like they have like. August Leos, and then they have, is it July Leos? Um, it September. I don't think so. Is it maybe July? Are you at the end? So they probably are technically. Yeah. But it's usually like July Leos, August Leos are different. And then I heard something about your moon side. I know. It gets confusing. I don't know about all of that. Is that, but is that more like, um, what is it? There's horoscope and then there's 
something up. I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. I do know that everything that I've read, you're all of that. I know that everything I've read about Leos, I know more about Leo than I do about Capricorn. But everything I've read about Leos is they're um, they need they need attention all the time. They're conceited. Um, most of the things I read match you perfectly. So. Yeah, you do. He definitely needs attention. He likes like to pretend to like he doesn't. Like, I don't like to be like the center of attention. It doesn't matter because you're always the center of attention. <laughs> Everywhere you go, you're massive. Like people just look at you. So maybe that's why you feel like you don't like to be or you don't need to be because you actually are. That's your privilege of being something already. And so you can say that you don't want it because you have it. I don't know. I've been in some crowds where I'm not the biggest person. Yeah, that might be true. I don't know where this, with this uh, gargantuan place is, but um, yeah. You were on a basketball team, but you were still probably bigger than these people that were taller than you. You're lying. There's no way. (laughs) There's no way. No way. Used to be with football players too, though, so. Well, I didn't say football. Okay. Yeah, you have a football player build, so maybe it's abnormal. So then other attributes of being a Leo would be what makes people pay attention. You're also very quiet and try to be, you don't try to be, but you're quiet and mysterious. So people will pay attention to say what's going on with this person who's not interacting with everybody else. That's another thing. All right, was that your question? You have a lot of the traits, we'll be honest. I mean, we, we'll, we'll spend one episode down the line breaking down our horoscopes. Maybe we should get readings from, like... Kazodiac? Kazodiac, yeah. I was going to say that. So, yeah, we'll do... So, we, we can pay and get that done and get, like, a full thing and then come in and, like, talk about it. Because we could only talk about us because we're not doing, like, every Zodiac sign. But we could, like, break some stuff down. And say what we agree and disagree about. I think that would be cool. So sometime in the near future, you all um, tune in to hear us talk about our Zodiacs. <laughs> um, and shout out to guys Zodiac. We're going to be uh, hitting you up to get some readings. So. Yeah. Yay. All right. So it's my turn to ask you, what is one thing that you wear to automatically give you a boost of self-confidence? See, I don't, I don't live my life like these guys. <laughs> I mean, you could think, think of it a little bit deeper. There's something, there might be something that you will, you won't leave the house without having on. Maybe it's not necessarily confidence, but it could be. Unless you're like, I could walk out of this house ex- like butt naked and be completely confident and walk around all day and be okay. If not, then start to go backwards from that and see what thing you have to wear. I wear a hat because my hairline is kind of kind of Sherman Hemsley's. <laughs> oh jeez! See, see. Okay, but see, that was simple. That was like a simple thing to be like, all right, gives you a boost of self confidence. So, yeah. I don't feel like self-confidence with the hat. I feel like I have less self-confidence, like I'm hiding something. That's what I'm at now in my life. Yeah, that's how you... go away from even wearing a hat. That's true. You actually don't have to wear one, so... 
you don't have to wear one, but you do. I would have said either that or a hoodie because that's something you wear all the time or I don't know. I shouldn't be answering a question for you, but I'm just saying there's a, there's a number of things. <laughs> there's a number of things I'll be like, okay, you know. All right. Um, yeah, you go ahead. What's a popular slang word in your hometown? Do you remember when you realized it was unique to your region? <laughs> um, uh, let me try to find one that's not like a curse because there are different. Why can't it be a curse? It could, but I don't want I, popular. Popular and unique to my hometown of Kingston, Jamaica. Okay. Um, a slang term. Um, Kingston is a city, right? Yeah. Well, so now I'm trying to think. Hmm. There's so many. There really are a lot. But I want to I wanna choose one and say that's not like super common. Um, what was the full question again? What's a popular slang word in your hometown? Do you remember when you realized it was unique to your region? All right. Popular slang term. Um, <sighs> all right, I guess I have to go with a curse because I'm trying to think because I, because I grew up in New York as well, some of the slang terms like mix in and I, I know that they're like Jamaican sayings, but then other people, other places say them too. So now it's like, I don't know. So I would say, um, <laughs> I would say, my mother listens to this podcast. I really don't want to say the one that I was going to say, but, um, you know what? I'm going to do a cop out. I'm going to say Irie, which is like, everything's all right. Everything's cool. Everything is good. And it's one that I don't really hear anybody else say anywhere else. So I'm going to go with Irie. What about you, sir? Yeah, did you realize it was unique? Yeah. I realized it was unique when once I was here and heard people um, trying to imitate Jamaicans. And they would always say, everything Irie, man, or something weird like that. And then I was like, what? Um, I mean, there were a couple of others that when I said it, people were like, what, like, yeah, your neck back or your, your foot bottom or whatever. And people are like, what the heck is that? I'm like, oh, sorry, that's just something we say. All right. Um, but I'm going to turn that back over on to you, Mr. New York. Um, I would say it's rough. I would probably say like son. Son. Calling somebody son. And I didn't realize that until I actually went. That was like, yeah, like late in life. <laughs> that you realized? Yeah, and people just 
assumed that's how, like, somebody would say, like, um, I know how y'all talk in New York. Yeah, son. Mm-hmm. But where you from, Queens? I remember Queens, it was like, Queens is like, everybody thought Queensbridge at first. Yeah. That's where Nas was from. Yeah. Queensbridge is like, popping. Yeah. It always depends on, like, I mean, it's only going to, people are only going to know what they know depending on who they've interacted with. Like, a lot of people will hear a New York accent and say, oh, you from Brooklyn? And they just say that. Like, in other places, it's always, you from Brooklyn? It's like, they're bigger. There are other places there. Yeah, when I was in Cali, it was like, where you from, New York? You from, I'm from Queens, yeah. Oh, you from Queensbridge? Nah, yeah. I'm from Queens. Yeah, like, so, they try to correct you. They're correcting right. you, like, you don't know where you're from. Like, oh, you mean here? Like, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of slang terms. Some make you feel old, make me feel old, but then they come back around. So whatever. All right, whose go was it? Mine or yours? Yours. It's my turn. The question for you is: What's your most memorable food experience of all time, and why was it so special? I know you're in a different headspace now, but you definitely have some from your grandmother, I'm sure. And why was it so special? I don't know. It probably, I don't know. A good one? You said most memorable, so that could be good or bad. So that could be. And why is it so special? <laughs> I don't know. Experience. I can't remember the first time I tried a lot of things. Though. Like, I just remember the first time I had curry goat. Yeah. And my mother was cooking it. She left it on the stove for mad long. And I went. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was going in there dumping extra shit in there. No. Did you did you mess it up? No, nah, it, was, it was good to me. Did she say anything or did she notice? No, nah, she didn't say anything. Okay, so you were chefing it up. So, yeah, I remember that. And it was mad good. And I like curry goat ever since then. Okay. What about you? My food memory, food experience. Let's see. Um... My first experience, food experience, memorable would be um, cooking with my mom. The first time I cooked with my mom or helped her cook, and I was probably around five or six years old. Um, And then, I mean, and it was very memorable because I just, I felt so empowered and I felt so important because I was so small, so young. And um, to be trusted with certain things, it made me really happy and it really made me like cooking. And then I, I started cooking a lot for my family as well, um, which I don't do as much anymore. But that was that was memorable. And it was a fun bonding time with my mom. And also a great feeling of being able to help out because there's six of us at that time. There, there wouldn't have been six yet, but my mom had a good amount of kids and she was younger. So um, it was that was a good experience for me. All right, your turn. Oh, I'm supposed to be a question. 
Mm-hmm. Next card, yeah. What should go to? What, why are all these about food? I don't understand. What should go to recipe when you're cooking for a day? <sighs> I would say when I'm cooking for my special someone. It's difficult because um, my special person um, changes how he eats somewhat frequently. So at one point, at one point it would have been like something like curry goat, um, which was the first thing that I cooked for him. Um, but at this point in time, it might just be some homemade nachos. Can't go bad. Can't go wrong with that. Plus, you know, it's kind of a safe bet. That's what I would say. What about you? I know you're not really into food like that, so you don't have to answer this question if you don't want. And then you can go to the next one. But let me know. Okay, you don't have to answer it. All right, so your next question is, where do vintage clothes and antiques belong? Do you think they belong in museums, landfills, or in real life? So one of those three. Vintage clothes and also antiques. So these two things. Do you think they belong in a museum, they belong in a landfill or the trash, or they belong in real life, wearing them right now, interacting with it right now? Yeah, they're not necessarily the same. So vintage clothes, there's a lot of like couture, high fashion that's like from a long time ago. You're still wearing it now, but not like not like replicas of it, like the actual things from back right. then. That's what makes it so expensive. So well, the question. And you, usually the clothes is not really their clothes. You buy like someone else's clothes because they're it's from a long time ago. But you think they should wear them. You buy it, you wear it. Well, you can keep it for yourself. I'm not a fan of museums. No, why not? Museums are stolen a lot of things. They keep them from the people. Museum things wind up becoming owned by people. Museum That's true. Museum items are not even authentic a lot of times. They're like replicas of things. That's true. But it's also... It's also very difficult for some people to be able to experience um, those things. You wouldn't even know where to start, where to find any of the things that are there. It does, but they're still special, even though they're in the museums. And I'm not saying that I'm for or against. I just know for myself, like, you couldn't go to, like, a village or a country and be like, let me go to this person's house. Show me the whatever. I mean, and also, is it your right to have to see it? Probably not. But I guess that's where... um, Museums can be helpful because it can help you not you, you're learning about, you know, history and culture, but then you get to see something and that be, seeing it and being there physically with it just makes that difference, I think, sometimes. But I can agree. I don't think because because a lot of things were stolen and taken from other cultures and then now are being paraded in a museum somewhere. Um, the actual families can't even have it or, you know, interact with it. So I can agree with that. I would say 
antiques, I might say museums or some type of museum type things, a place where people can, it can be enjoyed and, and viewed by others, even if it's not a traditional museum. Um, and then vintage clothes, I think, should be worn in real life. I would say that. Unless something is, it's like so battered, like tattered and, and torn that it can't be. But I would say that. All right. We have only been talking for 28 minutes. So if you want to stop reading them, like, or answering these questions, we can go into, like, some news and then, like, um, whatever. But I think we could do a couple more. Describe your dream vacation, destination, hotel, activities, and travel companions. All right. My dream vacation would be to go to the Maldives. It's always between the Maldives and um and Dubai. But right now I'm going to say the Maldives. Um I do not know which hotel, but I know I see a bunch of pictures with like the little um the little houses or huts that are like on the water, like they go out into that like little design and I think that would be really cool. My ideal companion would be my better half, my other half. Um, and what else did I ask? Activities. Activities would definitely be hanging out by the pool or ocean, um, maybe trying some jet skiing because I've never done it. Um, going through like the area and seeing like authentic like native things to the area. Um, and then going out to dine and shop, which will probably be the same thing everywhere, regardless of where I go. But those are the things. And art. If I could find somewhere that can do some local art and like teach like maybe art classes, I would like to do that too. What about you? So many places I want to go. Mm -hmm. I have to say, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm gonna say the Bahamas. Yeah. Okay. I don't know the uh, hotel. My activities would probably be like a jet ski. Just soak up the environment. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, not a safari, but like a, a walk, a hike somewhere. Out in nature. Yeah. Okay. With the love of my life. Um, would you would you do like zip lining or anything crazy like that? Yeah, I'll try zip lining. You will. Would you skydive? Sky oh, my Lord. Oh. So Red Man. Red Man does skydiving. Yeah? yeah? Okay. I definitely want to do it. I don't want to do it with other people. Like, first you have to do it with other people, though. You have to? Yeah. Until you get, like, a certain amount of times. 
When you mean like yourself, you mean just you jumping out, no one on, not no one attached to you, or you mean having to go up there with other people in the general? No, at first you have to be attached to someone. Um, I'm okay with that. No, I'm not. I'm okay with that, but um, it's really scary. I don't know. Hmm. Probably if you did it, I would do it. I would be upset though. I know I would be upset. On the way there, on the way down. If I survive with no injuries, then I might be like, oh, that was cool. I won't ever do it again, but I will probably do it if you do it. They're like, Elizabeth, I'm coming for you. <laughs> You're the last person. <laughs> That'd be, that's too much. All right. Um, all right. Is it? Is my turn again? You just read that one, right? All right. Which brand have you supported for the longest and why? Any kind of brand. Which brand? Personally, I would say Mm-hmm. I would say that's accurate. Okay. Plug. So send some Carhartt this way. Um. Me, my my um. The things that I like, my preferences change quite frequently not too frequent but like within like two three four years I would say so if I had to say something that I supported the longest and support is a loose word loosely saying support it it would be Apple products I think because I've I I think probably the only things I could think of from the first iPod that I ever had and then just kind of continued from there and I'm old so it's been a long time and I can't think of anything else even things that I've liked because Buck knows this. There's a lot of things I'm like, I like that. I love that and have never like bought it ever. Or I'm like, I love this and I don't listen to it. Or I love this. So it's that's the one thing that I can say is consistent and probably has more to do with um, my line of work and doing graphic design and, and things like that. But um, And then just wanting everything to match and work together. But I think that's the longest, the longest brand that I've, longest support would be for that brand. All right. We'll do one more. Just one. It's going to be from... Spaghetti again. So, oh. <laughs> uh, we'll go to yours, and then that'll be the last one, and then we'll kind of wrap up. I gave my most epic karaoke performance singing. What? I gave my most epic... Oh, man. I'm going to say... Dang. So normally, I have an answer that's like a go-to always for that answer. And I'm going to say that, but I'm going to say what it is right now because it's been in the last week or two. It's been the same thing to the point where I'm like creating choreography and like a performance in my mind. So that'll be the second one. But the first one is... Redemption song by Bob Marley. 
absolutely love that song. And I feel like even if you can't really sing, just the power of the words and the music will make people feel it. It's like when people sing gospel songs on the talent shows and you don't want to boo because they're like, it's a gospel song. Um, so that's that one. And then the second one, which is the one that I that most recently has been on my mind, is Tiwa Savage, um, Keys to the Kingdom from the Lion King, Beyonce Lion King album. And that song gives me energy and hope, and it's beautifully um, performed. Huh? You sang that song? Sing? I w- yeah, I would sing that in karaoke. I think yeah. he's asking, what did you? I mean, I've... No, it said most epic. This karaoke that I have sang, this song, is in my mind. It wasn't a true performance. I've never done a karaoke performance that I would say is epic. It's always been weird times. I'm not like a karaoke person, so it's only been with like, unless it was a family gathering, which I don't even remember what the song would have been. But other than that, it's been like with work maybe like in Wisconsin or something. So whatever songs they had available, like a Bon Jovi or something. So that's not like epic to me. How about you? You pro- if, Have you ever gone to karaoke? Have you ever performed? I can't recall ever. Never? Not even in the home? Not even like your mom forced you to, to perform with the rest of the family or something? No? All right. So then your question will be, what would it be? Could be anything. Could be a rap song too. I perform a couple of those. Uh, none. None. All right, son. He said none. Hey. All right. Well, that was fun. I hope you all got to know a little bit about us with those little questions. Um, let's kind of pivot and talk about news just a little bit. Um, I know there are three topics that I have here in the news. I'm not as well versed on them, but I can kind of talk with you about them. But you did bring up so something about a zombie virus. So tell me about that. Well, scientists uncovered or rediscovered a zombie virus that was buried for like how many years? Thirty-eight thousand five hundred. It was just buried? So why didn't they just leave it there? I don't know, because people are crazy. Were they, were they going looking for it, or they just happened to be doing something and come across it? You just read it and was like, zombies, okay, let's talk about it. That's true. I, don't, I just don't get it. I don't understand, like, why... Why? Especially since we just went through a pandemic. It's like, and and some would say are still in one, but, um, but why? Nothing about that topic sounded like, I mean, zombies already as I know. You discover, rediscovering it, digging it back up for what? What reason? What are you, there's no good that can come of that. No good. The thing that's funny to me also is the possibilities of things. Movies present the possibility of things. Mm-hmm. True. So, I know I've grown up, I grew up seeing movies with evil scientists. Always. And all kinds of crazy plans. 
Yep. And so those things always remain like possibility to me. But it seems like a lot of people just discard those thoughts as like just fictitious, like fictitious ideas. Yeah, like something way out there that could never happen. That's how you get people. I don't understand that though. It's wild. Like you messing with these things and then all of a sudden there'll be an outbreak or something and everybody will wonder why. It's also really It's also crazy because once you've seen anything that's crazy and insane, like why do you doubt anything? Like you should always be open to okay, this is a possibility, but people brush things off like, oh, conspiracy theorists or whatever. You didn't think any of the things that happened in the past few years would have happened. Like, no one thought that that would be a possibility. And now you have to be like, all right, well, anything is possible. That doesn't mean you're going around, like, freaked out about everything. But anything's possible. It's like when you watch the movies and then some crazy thing that's out of this world happens. And then somebody tries to tell you something else is going on. And people never believe them. It's like you just saw uh, something disappear in front of you. And, like, or a person. Yeah, like, don't look up. You just seen it, and then people still have to convince you about something. Like, come on, it's, it's crazy. Science, the true purpose of life, and everybody else is just being convinced that they need to do other things to occupy their time. What makes people so comfortable with not understanding what's going on around them and leaving the dictation and interpretation of events up to someone else to relate to them? It's um. It's a defense mechanism to guard yourself from stress and fear. It's just those. It's it if it's like when they say, "Well, if I if I didn't see it, it didn't happen." Like if I, I could just hide from this thing, it's not there. It's it's a it's a defense mechanism, and it's a very it's not an effective one in in that it doesn't actually help anything, but it's effective in calming yourself down and making just being able to go through the day. Also thinking that somebody else can help or someone else knows what's going on. So I don't have to focus on this or worry about it. And you can get, you can make it through the day. It's not effective at all. I mean, it's not truly effective, but um, not everyone is strong enough to, to deal with things that happen every day. And so that's kind of one of those. I think that's my opinion, but I, I think, I think I fall victim to it sometimes as well. So that if I were to analyze why I might do that, that's part of it. Because a lot of times I'll just rather not know about something and keep it moving. Um, but while you do that, you're helping to perpetuate whatever it is, or you're you're helping it advance by not actively going against whatever it is. But sometimes life's too much, so you're like, just I don't want let somebody else deal with it. I think that's what people do. Interesting. All right. What about your homie Jerry Jones? <laughs> Yeah, homie. Uh, yeah, homie. That's America's homie, Jerry Jones. Okay, y'all Americans homie, Jerry Jones. <laughs> what about that? How do you feel? Um, I would like to hear Jerry Jones openly denounce racism. I would love to hear that, too. Because it seemed like a reasonable, a reasonable demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's true. Yeah. 
in a roundabout kind of way he tried to figure out how to but at least he tried to attack it like this you're not even answering um so being a black female it is hard for me it's not shocking to me to find to to see someone that is over let's say I'll be generous over 70 years old that is a white person and think that they have not either had some type of racist interaction or feeling because that's just the world we live in and especially prevalent um, back in that time. Do that doesn't. Oh, maybe not, but you would be better uh, versed to explain because <laughs> because you're the sports, football, all that. That's your that's your part. It is. I mean, normally social justice and equity, but knowing who the person is in general is definitely sports. Um, Pointed out in footage or a picture, an image that is a few decades old of some black students attempting to integrate a high school, I believe, in Arkansas. Yep. And Jerry Jones is pointed out as a participant in the group that heckled and perhaps tried to deter them from entering. Yes, and he has not. I mean, he hasn't. It's this one we don't have to say alleged because he has not. He said yes, that was me. Um, he may have. He, there's not a video. Not seen with anything, and he he can easily say. I mean, even if something like that did happen, and he was actively a part of it, or um, as we like to say at my school, if he wasn't being, he might have just been a bystander and not an upstander. But at the same time. Um, uh, yeah, like you could be like, and that's how we we try to we try to tell our kids here to be upstanders. Like, if you're complacent and you're you're a lot of kids will say, "Well, everyone else was laughing. I didn't do anything. I wasn't a part of it." But you're kind of helping the situation because you're helping them be who they are and 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 oppress someone else. Um, so we try to make them upstanders, and we try to give them different ways that they can do that because not everybody's going to go up to the bully and be like that's wrong don't do that like that's one way of doing it and that may give, cause you the most physical harm but um there are other things other ways to support or you know or go for help or whatever it is so um and and back then i mean things happen and, and he was a kid he was 14 so in my mind you had a long life a long privileged life but a long life of where you could have decided to change or and, and not necessarily be held accountable for things that you did when you were a kid and you know you've changed or you've shown that you've changed or something like that but um I don't necessarily get that feeling here but I also don't know him but I think a big step would be denouncing racism that would be um that would be a huge step um one that I don't think is coming unless it's performative and just like I'm just saying it to say it, I don't really think it's coming because um, I don't think that's in his DNA. I think I don't think the ego will allow for it. Um, being a, a a very wealthy businessman, sometimes it's a lot. It's harder for for them to um, to take any kind of loss, no matter what. So that feels like a loss. It feels like oh, I have to say I'm sorry and I'm I, for my my actions or myself and. 
I don't expect, I, I would welcome it, but I don't expect that that will happen. That's my thought on it. Anything else on Jerry Jones? Jerry Jones also turned uh, Colin Kaepernick. Oh, yes. And dealing with the flag, he also said that any that his uh, the players of his organization had to stand, or they would be cut. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Well, there you go. Jerry Jones, do something. Your move. All right. I have a weird note written here that says cocaine tobacco. What is that? A couple. <laughs> genetically modified uh, uh, relative of a tobacco plant to produce cocaine. Oh, wow. Yeah, I see that. Just pulled it up. It says a team of researchers at the Chinese Academy of Sciences, working with a colleague from Syngenta, um, in the UK, has developed a way to synthesize cocaine using a tobacco plant. From where? Chinese Academy of Sciences. China, man. See, I think life, the key to life is science, and we're not paying enough attention to science. China comes up with all the scientific discoveries and advancements, and they're on the cusp of being the biggest world power right now. I'm confused so on... Obviously, that's what it takes. The next... <laughs> The next sentence confuses me. It says, because growing coca plants to produce cocaine involves a lot of labor, scientists have, over the past century, been looking for a way to produce it in a lab. Why, why are scientists trying to produce cocaine? So they, yeah, so they can party. Nuh-uh. <laughs> so they can party in their spare time. Oh, my gosh. So now in this new effort, the researchers have not only figured out the biochemistry of the plant and the cocaine it produces, but have synthesized small amounts of cocaine by genetically engineering the type of tobacco plant to produce the material in its leaves. This is where this is where this is where all that money's going. Science money is going to to create cocaine. China's There's already cocaine. Like, wait, okay. Um, it says underground. Let's see. Um, giant sinkhole with a forest inside of it found in China. What is going on? A whole new world. Prehistoric forest found in a sinkhole. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the world is really big. Don't they have another sign? An artificial one that they created, I think, which is crazy. I don't, I don't get it. Okay, well, you know, yeah, it's over there. Got two damn suns. That's why, that's why it's getting hot. 
That's why it's getting hot. I don't know. <sighs> In any other news? I'm not. We're not touching um, Kanye. I, there's too much there. It's too much to unpack. I'm not doing it. Um, uh, anything else? Not that you could think of. So I think it's time for the health tip of the week. The health tip of the week is... I have one. Want me to tell, say mine or you just want to do yours? Huh? <laughs> Fine. Go ahead and say yours then that you don't have prepared already anyway. Research. Research. Minerals. Minerals. Mineral deficiencies. Mineral deficiencies. Are causes of many problems. Are causes of many problems. Health problems, that is. Health problems, that is. Research minerals. Research minerals. So let's do that. I'm going to tack mine on anyway because he so rudely didn't want me to jump in. But I would say that everyone should try to be in tune with how they feel, their body feels, and spend some time every day just thinking about what's going on in your body. If you have any pains, ailments, anything like that, try to zero in on it and just kind of think about it for a little bit um, and see what it feels like and how you're feeling and and I think our bodies are very equipped to help us through whatever it is that we have going on. It's self-healing anyway. But um, a big part of it is actually knowing that there is something wrong um, or something right and trying to replicate that when, when that does happen. So that would be my health tip is to like kind of sit and be just be still and kind of check in with yourself. I know every time... Um, Every time I've ever taken a yoga class, we start like that and we end like that. Like, check in. How do you feel? What are you feeling? What's tingling? What's not, you know? So I think that's a really good thing to do. So that's my health tip of the week, even though it's not my section, but I decided I wanted to say that part just, just because. Anything else you have for us, Buck, the president? Always and always. My final remarks. Learn to love who you are while striving to be a better version of you each day. Don't base your actions solely on your emotions. Try to find principles to live by and base your actions on those. Aim to be a good person and then stick to your word as closely as you can. You cannot please everyone, so just try to be good and everything else will work itself out. Thank you again for listening to us here at the Ladies and Goons Podcast. Strength, love, and blessings.